0: What up guys, welcome back to Off The Record, where we talk about whatever we want. And today on our Ask An Expert segment, we have pro fighter Ron with us. He's my coach and, well, technically you're not my coach anymore, right?
1: No. (laughs) (laughs) because
0: you haven't coached me like six months. Did I just get fired? (laughs) You're fired. No, it's just, you know, through the quarantine and Corona stuff, it's just hard to to meet up and train. Um, But yeah, Ron coached me for maybe like two years. And I thought it'd be cool to have Ron come on as our pro fighter guest.
2: Yeah! I was a part-time athlete for Ron for six months or so. That was pretty fun. Dude, that was really fun training with you guys at like 6 in the morning in front of your front lawn. At the driveway. Yeah, (laughs) dude, the neighbors were all walking their dogs and stuff and we were out
1: there kicking our lives away. Yeah, remember when uh, I was having you guys do a conditioning part of it too? And then slowly, we would take the conditioning away. Yeah.
2: (laughs) That was so hard man because it's like we're already tired mentally drained and then we start the class After it was like a crazy circuit or whatever. I I don't know that those days were crazy. Yeah, I always got the invite Uh, Thanks for letting me know about it uh, (laughs) Pretty pretty good. though. Thank thank you. (laughs) So I have a question. Um, let's say Just from like scratch, right? I don't know any martial arts nothing and I watch UFC and I'm like, man, I wanna be a pro fighter. What are the steps from beginning that I need to take?
1: For sure, so you gotta decide what avenue you wanna go. If you wanna to go to do the UFC type of stuff, that's MMA. That means you need to strike and grapple. If you wanna do just striking, then generally it's like boxing or something like that. Or if you wanna just grapple, then you go to like jujitsu or wrestling or judo. What if it's UFC? I see all that shit on TV and I wanna be like them. I am, yeah. So if you want to do full MMA, you need to learn how to strike, you need to learn how to grapple. Um, there's two avenues you can go. You can piece it out and you can find a grappling art and you can find a striking art at two different gyms or dojos, or you can find a gym that kind of covers it all, an MMA gym, because mm. UFC is MMA, mixed martial arts. You're mixing martial arts together. And so to properly do mixed martial arts, you need to learn how to strike and grapple and then how to transition between the two. Mm. And so. The popular recipe right now is boxing or muay thai and wrestling and jiu jitsu, and so generally. And you, the cool part of the UFC is, or UFC, UFC is cool. But um, and MMA in general is, you could do anything. You do taekwondo, you do kung fu, like you could do karate. um, But are those less effective? It's not that it's less effective, it's just less popular.
2: Do those guys like all hate each other? Like in, internally, it's like oh, karate guys, like they, they, the,
1: the jiu-jitsu guys and like, it's like the navy and the army and all that shit? Um, it's like, that's a, maybe way back in the day, like, like UFC one days, like old school days, it would be like literally street brawler versus like karate guy that was the
2: best dude i remember the game street fighter yeah yep. that was like it ufc like man yeah. you know a, so a rich much difference,
1: di- difference in character now it's like kind of one thing yeah now it's all more sporty-ish yeah. less fight you know originally the ufc was designed uh, one of their plans was to have an alligator pit around the cage. The that's heck? sick. Yeah, like it's originally insane. in the their original so plan. you could fall and then an alligator could
2: bite your ass? <laughs> yeah, because so they, they wanted to make it a
1: spectacle, you know? Yeah. Uh, but obviously, you know, with lawyers and everything, it's like, that's probably not a yeah, Of course right. the lawyers got involved. <laughs> Freaking lawyers. Because <laughs> back in the day, like, you would
2: have, like, you know, um, like, the Gracie, like, dude, like, hoist in a gi, or like, you, you'd have a wrestling guy in a wrestling outfit, or
0: like, it's just there different. A, there was even a boxer that was only wearing one glove. Because yeah. <laughs> he, he he wanted one, I think, to at least like protect his knuckles. And then I think the other one he wanted he I think he was seeing like Hoist Gracie do his thing, so he goes, I need one hand to at least like protect from the grappling
1: Oh So in the best of both worlds, grapple hand, punching hand. It's <laughs> so experimental back <laughs> That's then. That's crazy. Innovative. Yeah. I love it. Uh, but yeah, to get into that, I would find two separate schools. Um, Google is your best friend, right? Or Siri, whatever. Find me the nearest MMA gym. And then um, she'd be like, yeah, Arco is four miles away. But uh, not all of
0: them are the same, right? Like, don't you got to choose one that's good? Or like, yeah. hopefully choose one that has already
1: produced fighters that have gone to the UFC? Yeah, I mean, just like anything else that you're trying to uh, get into, uh, do your research. You know, you want to, whatever it is you're trying to do, make sure it's of good quality, has a good reputation and whatnot. Um, but regardless, if sometimes you might be like in the middle of nowhere in Wichita, Kansas or something, and uh, maybe there's only one gym available. So it's either you train at the one gym or you don't train at all. Mm. Or you move to like LA or somewhere, oh, yeah. yeah. You know, so resources may be limited. So I would say regardless of where you are in the world, uh make the best of it if you only have one source available and it's only taekwondo jump into taekwondo you know maybe help push the culture to implement more martial arts into it but i would say find a striking art find a grappling art and then once you get the fundamentals of that then you have to find uh an instructor that'll teach you how to implement the two because they mix them together mix them together which is a whole nother martial art so if you think learning muay thai by itself is hard or jiu-jitsu by itself is hard it's a whole other thing to learn how to put them together
2: which ones do you do
1: I do Muay Thai, boxing, uh, jiu-jitsu, and wrestling. Um, and I do that all in-house. Wrestling like WWE shit, that's sick, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, right, and that's what makes it so confusing. When you say wrestling, you think like, I'm gonna jump off a turnbuckle. And no, I, I like, think you're talking shit into a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling you out, man. I love that shit. And he spray water. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Woo! Um, and they do that now, I mean, shoot, you see, you see that now. There's a lot of theatrics in in, in current MMA, mm-hmm. which I think kind of makes it a little more entertaining and fun. You know, like you see Conor McGregor fighting soon. Like, it's been cool to today. see. Today. Yeah, today. Oh, yeah. Oh, today. Tonight. tonight, yeah. But even how he promotes fight is a little bit different. Now he's more like mature and like, they're co-promoting each other. Like he's, he's promoting uh, Dustin's hot sauce, you know, and stuff like that. Whereas before he'd be like, F your hot sauce, F your country, F your team. You know, I'm gonna embarrass all of you. And so, like, on one end, it's cool to see how mature he's gotten, but number two, it's also, like, it was kind of more fun to see, like, a little more wild and immature. Yeah.
2: You know? I miss the promos where guys were just behind that, um,
1: the chain-link fence with sprinklers on them. Yes. <laughs> they'll, they'll spray nice. you, they'll mist you with water and just punch into the camera. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> those was <yeah>. the best. <sighs> the BJ Penn days. Yeah. Just yeah. And just turn with the head. <laughs>
0: yep, yep. For, like, um, people that need, that want to get into the UFC, what is, like, a full fighter's like schedule look like.
1: I mean, it, just like anything else, if you want to be the best at something, you got to do it full time. Is it a, yeah. nine of a nine to five type of schedule? It's a nine to five. What would like a typical day look like? A typical day when you're fighting full time is for just team training. Generally, there's two team training sessions a day. Um, so, like for me, it's eleven a.m. until two p.m. and then three hours yeah <laughs> what do you do within no oh, three hours you just punch each other for three hours <laughs> it's a it's a little bit of everything and and those are just training specific so we'll we'll drill we'll cover technique we'll even watch tape sometimes um wow. and then we'll it'll have I, I like too it when well. the teacher
0: rolls in the the tv with the vcr
1: <laughs> always like that i'm like yes we gotta do a little bit less work today <laughs> yeah, yeah. well what's effed up is when he rolls in the tv that means practice is just gonna last longer so we'll do the same amount of stuff oh, i'm like shit. dang it so sometimes class will go into like three um, and then we gotta come back at six, and then train until nine, um, and then we do a few other types. So so far, this sounds like shit. <laughs> Why would I want to do this? It makes you happy. Yeah, I mean, you're chasing the dream, like. It's just like those little kids that say like, I want to be an astronaut when I grow up, you know? And then now you're seeing little kids that literally say, I want to be a UFC fighter when I grow up. It's like a freaking thing, you know? Like kids are training now at like five years old. What? It's crazy. Yeah, they're starting jujitsu and wrestling already. Like they already have better technique than most of us. Um, They're starting young. Yo, I see kids that are like three snowboarding and skiing, man,
2: (laughs) like they're smaller than Taika. And I'm like, wow, this is why the next generation is going to come up with some crazier stuff. Yeah, it's nuts, Way man.
1: Yeah, like when I was five, I was picking my nose. Yeah, like literally, that was the Absolutely. highlight of my day. Yeah, like check it mind. out. You know, this is cool. That's a huge dude, booger. Dude. You got fresh
0: boogers, and you're like, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It tastes good too. Yeah. You know,
0: <laughs> I had to give it up. Between those two team sessions, what else? Because I, I see on your Instagram, like you're like running and then lifting weights, and yeah. you got to do all these other things. like. What is the when do you fit in the other stuff?
1: Yeah, so you gotta fit in between, and that's where it's kinda like up to the individual, right? And so, if you're doing the maximum, like everything you can, like uh, my teammates that are like killing it right now, like Chido Vera, Alex Alex Perez, Carla Sparza, you know, they are full on, they're training full time, you know. Um, They're doing strength conditioning, they are running, they are swimming, they are cycling, they're stretching, they're resting, they're recuperating, they're doing physical therapy. Um, Like literally this whole thing takes a whole day. I mean, therapy alone, takes like two hours they're sitting there and they'll put some like gizmos on you and your muscles will twitch and they'll wrap you in ice they'll like strap a chain to your head and like stretch your neck um to like lengthen your spine um all kinds of fun stuff wow but but, um it's 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 literally a whole day and rest is important too you know a lot of people really um really downplay how important rest is uh, you know our culture is like if you rest you're lazy you know whereas like it's quite the opposite you know if you rest enough it actually makes you more productive you know and so uh, let's say a regular schedule 6 a.m. I'll be running. Um, I need to rest eat, you know, and then 11 a.m. I train 2 p.m. I'm out strength conditioning from like 2 to 4 Eat rest a little bit more and then 630 you're back on the grind with the team and then you train again And then at night you kind of just kind of relax with us night You eat you rest and then the morning you do it all again When you say rest you mean like taking a nap like you take three naps a day? Um kind of just like kind of chill like like, like don't not, work out anymore Just watch stuff because yeah, you don't want to be spent out for like night training um how do you make time for netflix there's none there's nothing
2: absolutely nothing maybe, maybe fight tape wow <laughs> so let's say the training part you know we went over that now when you're ready to like start competing how do you get into like what are the leagues or levels you you do before you get into the ufc yeah do
1: you start in like a garage <laughs> <You> backyard? <laughs> shoot you can i mean so, some of these guys in the ufc do stuff from the garage start- like kimbo yeah, yeah he most slice, dude. Oh my gosh, play massive doll too. Fudge, yeah. You started from the street and now he's freaking one of the biggest so stars like, they are. You either
2: go viral and famous or whatever, or kinda like how the Paul brothers got into boxing. Yeah. Like that. Or if you don't do that and you don't you're not like an Instagram sensation or whatever, if you're going the traditional route, what does that look like? What are the le- like what's the amateur level and then
1: you become pro and all that? It's a, it's a really long route. And it's not even, it's not even cookie cutter black and white. You mm. do these things, you will get there. Um, it's you do these things and you'll increase your chances of getting in. Because it's one, you have to be qualified, you have to have the right resume, but number two, they have to want you. Like literally, UFC has the power to be like, you fit everything, you're undefeated, you're 50 and 0, nobody has beat you, but we don't want you. Uh, maybe because maybe your personality's not there or maybe we, we just don't like you and we don't think you're a good fit for our company and they can do that holy shit! so you spend your whole lives you spend your whole life chasing this dream and it's not guaranteed but that's everything in life you know is that what happened Uh, to
0: colby covington where he was like killing it and on paper he was like a really good fighter mm Um, but they were just they were gonna cut him just because he didn't bring in like a crowd and it's so like he adopted the whole like maga thing started wearing like cheap suits and then all of a sudden he started being a shit talker now and he's a so, star yeah so all the people that are like wait this isn't even the real kobe he put on an act but all of a sudden now he's a like a big
1: star yeah you know i mean part of uh, especially fighting for whatever reason fighting entertainment it plays a huge role. The The biggest stars, the highest paydays have been from people that have made a ton of splash on news. Conor McGregor's, Ronda Rousey's, John Jones. Like John Jones is like the biggest name in MMA. And he puts out the most news, uh, especially unrelated fight news, right? And so... Like cocaine and like DUIs and stuff. Mm-hmm, yeah, you know, Rampage Jackson, you know, running in the middle of an intersection, like crashing his car in the middle of the street and running around. Like that's the type of stuff that, that people just that people want to see. I personally love it, yeah. Yeah, people want to see it. it's a <laughs> It's a TV show, you know, and so um, it, it plays a huge role. So you gotta fight, you gotta find a team. You can go solo, but it's so much harder. You need to find a manager, uh, a sports manager, a sports agent to get in the UFC. I mean, at that level, it's so hard not to get in without a proper sports agent. Like, it's the same thing as getting in the NFL without a, sport, a sports agent. How the heck are you gonna get in there? So you need their contacts, you need their resources, you need their guidance. Um, You fight at the local level, turn amateur, you know, uh, fight enough where until your coach decides, or your management team decides you're ready. Then you fight at a local level, at a pro level, and then you fight there, and then pretty much you make your pitch to the UFC. They have matchmakers um, that make the matches, so you actually have to get in contact with them. You don't actually talk to Dana White at all. You talk to matchmakers. Right now it's Sean Shelby and another gentleman. Your Um, agent would do the talking for you? Yeah, generally. What's a matchmaker? Um, so they're, they're these, uh, these like guys Tinder, out there. like Tinder, right? Like Tinder and Ehon. Yeah, exactly. They're the Tinder. <laughs> yeah. They're UFC Tinder guys, or Tinder person. Tinder. So it'd be like, this guy fighting this guy, that'll make a good fight. Let's literally fireworks It's there. actually a really good analogy because literally the line of fighters trying to get in the UFC are line. And so they'll come in, right, right, left, 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 right, left, left, and they'll just start swiping away. Um, but even then- So there's a lot of fighters. There's a lot. Even right now, like for me and my management company, Radium Sports Agency, they have, for me, there's 36 people um, in my weight class in that sports agency. Wow! So they um, represent you and 35 others. In the and, same. And all class.
2: your competitors.
1: <laughs> yeah. Shit. Um, and that's just one sports agency. And so for me to get that last minute call, so just to have some context, to get that last minute call for me to get the call from the UFC, um, I am eighth in line. So they're gonna call seven people before me for that last minute call to get in the UFC before I get the call. So wow. those seven people have to say no. For me to get the the question later. Like, You're fucked. You in? <laughs> odds <are against laughs> it's me, Horrible yes. odds. Horrible odds, but I still have a chance. All right, all right, I like it. <laughs> so keep
2: chasing them. Yeah. But that's like football players, right? You only get X amount of every year, and then there's so many people that want to play football and that are qualified, but they can't get in.
1: Yeah, that's just the that's the reality of uh, chasing something that a lot of a lot of people can do. The odds are horrible. You know, I mean. Look at how many people are trying to be influencers and you know get paid through YouTube and stuff like that It is few and far in between it is hard to get there. They should quit. (laughs) I think Professional
2: sports is probably harder to do than um, Social media because social media you might it's like to be the top guys. Yeah, it's fucking hard, right? but to make a living with decent pay, it's much easier than a professional as- athlete, I think. All you need is a camera and you're already doing it. Whereas like with you, you gotta wait to be matched up with somebody and like fight. And then their payout system is is like, even at the top, it's not as much. So that's what, that's,
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean, even then, like I've been doing for 17 years and like, I, I do pretty okay, but it's not all from fighting. I had to do a billion different things to get by. And so stereotypically, fighters will spend their whole life fighting and when fighting's over, they're kinda, they're kinda screwed they're stuck yeah. and stereotypically fighters aren't great at saving money um and so when the careers are over it's kind of like oh snap now what do i do you know so have, a lot of athletes though you know yeah, yeah, athletes yeah, in general yeah. you know like people think like five million dollars from an nba is a lot and then they're still going bankrupt mm-hmm. you know because money money can be spent all kinds of crazy ways so like for me for me to get by and sustain the lifestyle i want i have to I was lucky to get a job to manage a gym and then teach personal training and then have a bunch of other miscellaneous like endeavors.
2: And you're good at saving money,
1: I hope? Yes, oh, yes, right. actually, okay, yeah. Okay, good, good good, yeah. good, good, good. I actually do. Fighters <laughs> are bad at it, I was us hoping, okay. Yeah, I, I, I do spend irresponsibly, but I do save at the same time. I like, I like stuff, but I also realize the importance of saving money. What
2: do fighters usually blow all their money on?
1: Eating out, um, Band-Aids for all the cuts. Yeah, it's a lot of band aids. yeah. Um, even the expensive, like the, not even the generic, but like the name brand kind is more expensive. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just buying stuff, I mean, shoot, we'll buy it. We'll buy all kinds of dumb stuff. Um, Cause
0: they train so hard, they probably feel like they gotta like reward themselves
1: somehow. It's, yeah, it's extreme, we get, we get pushed We get pushed to mental and physical extremes, and so it's, it's not uncommon to uh, even marijuana, weed, you know? Like a lot of fighters buy a ton of weed. To relax. Like a lot, yeah. like a whole lot. Like I don't smoke myself, but like, I'm around so much of it, I'm like, man, like, how would you guys smoke? We should like set up a store. You can monetize <laughs> yeah, this. I'm know, like, right? don't smoke it and just sell it. Yeah. Um, Does UFC do, do drug testing? Yes, but they just they just uh, essentially legalized marijuana. Oh, cool. Um, like like literally like like I think a week ago, um, before they would they would suspend you if you had THC in your system like a week before the fight, um, but now you can have as much as you want. Um, so it's completely free so that's why um the diaz brothers may be fighting pretty soon (laughs) your
0: your guys's gym has like an interesting model though right like where if you're a pro fighter for the team there's actually like a fighter's house that they get to stay at
1: yes um um it's not many gyms i i think like actually have that kind of like perk no yeah that one's kind of like it's a low-key thing but for whatever reason people just tend to find out um a few a few marquee gyms in the US do it and so they'll house fighters so it's we're scouting we're scouting across the world for people that may be a good prospect uh, that may become a UFC champion and so we'll find them through various sources and then we'll, we'll pitch it to them um, but now it's at the point where people coming to us. that Somehow they found out word spread, and now we're having people like DM me all day, be like, "Hey, I'm from Brazil. Hey, I'm from South America. You know, da da da. da my record is 10 and 0." And now, even more people even are going to. More
2: people! <laughs> How do you vet those guys?
1: Um, through uh, so it's a small. Every industry has a small circle, right? And so everybody knows everybody. And some gyms can't accommodate housing a fighter, you know. Um, so we've been fortunate enough to be able to have the resources to to train fighters, to house them, to feed them uh, to some degree, and then to train them full-time so that they don't have to worry about getting another job. They can have full focus on becoming a world champion. Wow. So for people that don't know the prestige and the history behind your guys' gym, what's that about? Um, it's led by uh, Timo Yama. It's led, it's led by Colin Oyama. It's called Timo Yama. He's our head coach. Um, he's been training since the beginning, since like 1996. You know, he was the head coach for Tito Ortiz, um, Enrico Rodriguez with their UFC champions and then he even went, Jackson, right? Quentin Jackson Quentin um, Jackson when he was prevalent in pride mm-hmm. um, He's trained not just MMA guys, but Muay Thai guys Romeo Danza, multiple WBC champions and he became a coach because was he once a fighter? Yeah, he was a Muay Thai fighter. He trained under crew Rexa, who recently just passed away um, And he was a legend of the sport he is a legend of the sport um, and he set a really good example, because fighting is full-time, but he was able to fight full-time uh, in Muay Thai and get his law degree at Loyola um, Law School at the same time, um, which is like unheard of. Usually when you go to law school, you can't do anything else, yeah. um, but he was able to juggle both. So he was a pro fighter and a
2: lawyer. Yeah. So he fought in the courts and fought in the ring. That's right, boom. <laughs> so if he didn't get into being a lawyer, he probably could have been even better at fighting.
1: Yeah, so he he, he made a decision after he got out of law school, was like, I could be a lawyer or i can be a fight coach um for for at the time was kind of like an unsure thing because in 1997 like the ufc was just starting out so um you know you you didn't really know where it was going to go it was kind of like this is human cockfighting at yeah, that time it's not, it's not established yet it wasn't established it wasn't a real sport it some was, states weren't going to allow it right yeah, yeah it was banned in some states and so um he was doing his thing and and it was, he had his team um, for a while. It was a lot of old school guys like Rob McCullough, like all these guys. Oh, I'm Rob McCullough from yeah, like Huntington these, Beach. Yeah, Huntington Beach, Tank Abbott, like all oh, these God, old school damn. guys. Yeah, he trained all the old school guys. Um, and then, you know, now he's got Carlos Sparza under his belt, which is the first uh, UFC strawweight champion. Um, Alex Perez, he just fought for the title uh, Carla Sparrow's is tile. the
0: one on YouTube where you see her punch me in the face and I bleed all over the place. It was, it was
1: quite fun was to pretty
0: watch. cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, think I had like a few droplets like hit me. I was like... <laughs> so she's like this tiny little girl. We just did, we thought it'd be a funny video for like a powerlifter to fight uh, a UFC fighter, except it's a chick. And she, what did she weigh? Like maybe like 110, 120?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. She doesn't even cut that much weight for fights. She
0: comes in and when she she shot in, when she picked me up, I was like, like probably 200. She picked me up like it was nothing. Like I, I thought I had to like... Like take it maybe slow, cause like you know she's a she's a girl, and that's what I, my understand. She came, she just picked me up. I'm like, what the fuck? She slammed me on the ground,
1: and I was like bleeding all over the place. I'm like this is crazy. Oh, yeah, she's she's a scary one. She's tough too. She's down. She is so down. Like she does not back down ever.
0: Yeah, she's cool. awesome.
1: Yeah.
2: So you produ- so your gym produced a lot of pro fighters, and then so it's got that prestige because early UFC days and all under your head coach, uh, Mr. Oyama, and. So if he was a striker, like a kickboxer, right? And he never
1: really learned Jiu Jitsu, like how, or did he? Uh, he, he knows Jiu Jitsu, but um, what he did was uh, he brought in a Jiu Jitsu expert. And so he was like, if I don't know it uh, and I can't answer it, I'm not gonna give you the answer, but I'm gonna find somebody who does. So he partnered up with Jiva Santana at the time and Jiva Santana is really big in the Jiu Jitsu community. Um, very well respected, um, very highly ranked, um, considered like one of the best coaches out there. And so they worked together for shoot, like almost 10 years. Um, until Jiva, you know, every fighter's dream is to open up their own gym. It's just the thing. Anybody's dream is to want to do their own thing if they've been yeah. doing one thing long enough, you know. And so uh, he finally had the opportunity to open his own gym and he did it, you know. So really, really happy for him. And then we ended up partnering with 10th Planet, which is a very popular um, um, organization for jujitsu. And so we brought in 10th Planet experts to come in and, um, and handle our Jiu-Jitsu side. And so we have two coaches. We've got our Colonel Yama and then we've got our 10th Planet coaches that help with the grappling. Does the, uh, Eddie himself come to? He, uh, so the cool thing is, and so, with Jiu-Jitsu you need like an affiliation, you need to be part of like a, like a crew or a gang, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were 10th Planet and so if you become a 10th Planet gym, uh, Eddie Bravo does a seminar at your gym. So he came down? About, Not yet. Uh, about flat earth? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this has nothing to do Jiu Jitsu today. It's All about flat earth. Um, so he hasn't done one yet, but we, I mean, COVID's kind of messing with everything and whatnot, oh. but uh, he's scheduled to do one over at uh, Ten Planet Irvine, so. Oh, cool. So yeah, he'll come in, kind of do like a cool event and then hit that going. Damn, that's pretty cool. But it's, it's, it's cool. It's been an awesome gym and uh, I've been grateful to be able to fall into such a unique place uh, for the past almost 10 years does it have a pool Um, it has a pool of sweat on the mat (laughs) they're really cool guys i
2: went to train with them it's super fun and there's just people of all levels like you have your like mid-afternoon moms coming in for kickboxing you have your kids after school and then you have your like morning serious pros and it's just such a great mix with a good vibe
1: yeah we, yeah, we have this, uh, so it's like carpet, carpet, this mat area, like you need mats to train in. And right in the beginning of the mat area, there's all these little holes from the stilettos from all the, the girls walking in normal clothes. And it's usually the new people, cause it goes, oh, please don't step on the mats. They're like, why? I was like, cause that happens. And it pokes it through. It pokes it through. So like, next time you guys come look at the mats, there's a bunch of little holes in there because- High heels from high heels after work, from after work. Yeah. coming I mean, just people coming in in stilettos just popping holes in the mat. I'm just like, there's no point in replacing. It's just going to get holy again. <laughs> Do you guys have the little five pound weights? Yeah, we got three pound For weights, one business. pound weights. Okay, cool. You know, <laughs> funny enough, one pound weights can be really difficult. I can like have a one pound weight over your head and you'll be like, oh
2: my gosh. You just you know, make things torturous. Oh shit.